This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan on a victory Monday right now. Brought to you by Ford and your North Texas Ford dealers. Ford is the best in Texas it's Dallas Cowboys Executive Vice President Stephen Jones. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, guys. How you doing? Well, we're doing fantastic, and any Cowboys fan should be doing fantastic right now. I assume you are doing fantastic right now as well, yes? Absolutely. That was a, you know, a great win. It was a great atmosphere. Hats off to our fans. They came ready to roll, and, you know, our guys uh, just responded uh, AT&T right now, we're just uh, playing at a high level. Uh, you know, was noticing that I think it's the uh, first team in the NFL to score 30 points or more in their first seven games. So Dak's really got that offense humming, and thought our defense really, uh, you know, played a great game against a really difficult uh, Philadelphia offense. They obviously have a lot of weapons, and uh, Hurd's playing at a high level too. So it's really great to watch our guys go out and execute and uh, really, uh, you know, have a great game and a great atmosphere. Now, we, we've had a lot of conversations with this. Fans have had a lot of conversation with this. I know this is not, like, the number one thing you care about, but as of this morning, Dak Prescott is the favorite to win MVP. But the discussion we've been having is, is Dak Prescott the same quarterback? Because some people are saying, oh, he's always been the same quarterback. They just tweaked the offense around him. Do you feel like he's the same quarterback? Because I feel like he's definitely elevated his game. Yeah, I think quarterbacks, all good ones, great ones evolve, and they get better with time. I know I had a conversation with Tony Romo when he retired, and, uh, you know, he was just uh, sick about it, but his health wasn't going to let him continue to play. Uh, but he felt like he was playing as good when he was healthy as he had ever played. And, you know, you just learn more and more about the game. The game slows down. Uh, you understand, uh, you know, you've seen it all. You've seen uh, all the different kinds of defenses they can throw at you. And, you know, the, the really great ones just get better with time. And I think Dak uh, has continued to improve. Uh, you know, he was adamant that he was going to improve off of last year uh, when he had an uncharacteristic uh, number of uh, interceptions. And uh, he knows that uh, those things can uh, get you beat and, uh, uh Rarely does the team who wins the turnover battle not win the game, and uh, he understands that better than anybody, but he's playing at such a high level, and his teammates have complete confidence in him, our coaching staff complete confidence, and, uh, you know, he's not only a great football player, but he's a great leader and certainly doing uh, everything on that end as well. So, uh, you know, we just got to keep the ball rolling here. Uh, we got to finish strong as uh, – uh, you know, as we end up the season here, we obviously, starting with last night, uh, have some real challenges on our schedule. Uh, going to Buffalo, going to Miami, uh, still have the Lions. So, 
uh, in Washington. Anytime you play an NFC East team, uh, you better be ready. So, uh, you know, we've got four games we need to finish strong. Uh, Steven, I, I can't help but notice your your voice sounds a little scratchy this morning. Did you happen to pick up Micah's water bottle and use the same one? What happened there? <laughs> I think it's just from uh, doing a lot of uh, yelling and talking and, and fired up. So, uh, I know it was a great night, but uh feel great. It's just uh, I think I've, uh, I've overextended my vocal cords, if you will, in terms of uh, enjoying the moment. Yeah, that's that's fine. Kevin has done that on many occasions. True. And he has he misses work for a few days. But hey, that's a, neither here nor there. Micah, though, on his night, uh, going through what he was going through physically. What are, what are your thoughts on him? Well, he's just a competitor, and uh, uh, you know, certainly he wasn't going to miss that game. Uh, you know, uh, we've had uh, you know players seem to answer the bell even more so. They focus more. They know they got to. Uh, they got to fight through not feeling perfect. And, uh, you know, in this game, when you're not 100%, uh, it gets all the more harder. But, of course, he comes through with some big-time rushes, big-time pressures, got a big-time sack when he was double-teamed. And uh, so nothing really surprises you with Micah. Uh, I do know uh, the great news is he should get well here real quick and uh, be ready to be full speed when we go up to see Buffalo. Do you have general thoughts? Like, I definitely think he's right, but do you have general thoughts about Micah replying on Twitter to reporters about not getting penalties called against him? Well, I think in general, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, the best thing you can do is go out there and play. And uh, I think Micah probably knows that more than anybody. Uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, uh, I, you know, I, I'm seeing uh, some clips today on the Kansas City game in terms of, you know, their crucial offsides penalty. And, you know, I don't think anyone's going to uh, totally get behind anyone complaining about officiating. Officiating's hard. Uh, it's difficult. Those guys are put in hard spots. Uh, not unlike players who, uh, you know, who make mistakes, whether you line up offsides, whether you throw an interception, whether you get beat. Uh, you know, officiating can be the same way. You're not going to always get it right. And uh, I know they work to be the best they can be, and uh, I just think it's difficult. But uh, Mike is a great player, and people have to do a lot of uh, edgy things to uh, keep him off their quarterbacks. And you know, it's a compliment to him that they're constantly uh, uh, jerking and pulling on him. But uh, uh, he'll get his share for it. So now – Football is an unpredictable game, but surely you knew that a software engineer who went to the USFL would eventually become the first kicker in <laughs> NFL history to make two kicks of 59 yards or more in the same game, right? You knew, you foresaw all of this playing out like this. Yeah, I was trying to get him signed the year before, but uh, <laughs> didn't get Jerry and Will to get total buy-in, but... Uh... You know, I saw that one coming. I, I knew he was going to be special. <laughs> just kidding. But, uh, uh, no, he's just, uh, you know, obviously been just amazing. And uh, Bones has done a great job working with him. And, uh, you know, who would have ever thought it? But uh, he's having an amazing year. Uh, he seems to have, you know, all the right things with his nervous system. And, uh, you know, if he does miss something, he bounces right back, which have, you know, been an extra point or two. But, uh, you know, I think we've got a, a really good one. And, uh, uh, you know, he just seems unflappable. And certainly, as you saw last night, a huge weapon. And you can tell the confidence uh, our staff has in him. I mean, you miss a kick, 
uh, you know, 59, 60, 61 yards. The other team's getting the ball at midfield. So it just shows you the confidence uh, that our guys have in him. Certainly helps to be playing inside with no win, but, uh, uh, you know, to have even more confidence. But, boy, he's uh, hats off. Uh, what, what a great uh, uh, season, uh, you know, he's having. Well, and speaking of having a, a really good season, too, and another move that you made in the off season was adding Stefan Gilmore for a fifth. And a lot of people had questions about, you know, where he was in his career. Last night, he uh, he answered the bell pretty well against A.J. Brown and whoever else was lined up across from him. Well, Stefan is just a, a great player. And like you said, uh, you know, between him and Cooks, those were, I think, just uh, two really great pickups for us in terms of not only the type of players they are on the field, uh, but what great men they are off the field and how they've really upgraded the room in terms of the professionalism and the uh, type of business they bring to the game. And uh, uh, we've just been very fortunate to have them both. Uh, they're class acts and uh, certainly uh, making a big difference in our season. How do you have any updates for us at the moment on Hankins and the, I heard it was high ankle. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a high ankle. We don't uh, uh, think that it's going to be a severe one. Uh, we all know what those can lead to, but uh, uh, he's going to be, uh, getting further, uh, uh, you know, further uh, looked at in terms of uh, exactly what we're dealing with here. But uh, that'll be a work in progress. And obviously no more as the day goes by and uh, certainly as the week proceeds, uh, how he responds to his treatment and uh, what we're looking at in terms of uh, his availability. The The other thing, I know we talked a little about Dak there, but last night on the TV broadcast, they were showing Dak's steps. They were showing some of the some of the ways that he's getting the ball out. And I've been saying for the last few months now that I feel like maybe with McCarthy, there is just some nuance that, that Dak needed, that Dak never learned, and that maybe along the way, and now he's kind of learning some nuance about the game and the position itself that he just, he just never had in his arsenal. Would you say that's fair? I think that's fair. Mike's very detailed when it comes to coaching quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, he's learned uh, a lot over the course of his career. Uh, he's really good with mechanics and footwork and, you know, the real details of uh, what it takes for these quarterbacks to have success. And uh, I certainly think Mike's experience and uh, the way he's working with Coach Shotty and, you know, the rest of the staff to work with Dak uh, is really paying off for us. And I think Dak has nothing but complete confidence and respect in Mike and Coach Schottenheimer and, you know, the whole crew there. So I, I think it's all coming together for him. And certainly, uh, you know, it's uh, it's showing up now on the field in terms of the success that he's having and certainly all the different, uh, you know, things he's getting mentioned in terms of MVP and those type of things are so well-deserved. But uh, I'm sure he'll be the first to give uh, everybody around him the credit, whether it's the offensive line group that's uh, we've been fortunate to get to play together week in and week out now. Uh, whether it's his weapons, uh, obviously uh, our young guy Jake Ferguson step, stepping up in a big way. CD continues to uh, uh, make the big plays he's made all year, having a, a record type uh, season uh, in terms of uh, his Cowboys career, and and then uh, you know guy guys like Gallup and Cooks, uh, you know stepping up and making plays, Turpin as well. So uh, it's really coming together. Hopefully we'll continue uh, to improve. We can always get better. 
Now, we're talking with Stephen Jones right here on 105.3 The Fan. One of the things I like talking about you is obviously you give us insight on the team, but you can also give us a ton of insight onto the business of the NFL. There was a report over the weekend, and I was hoping you could walk us all through this, whatever you can tell us, is the NFL Management Council told clubs that it wouldn't give a salary cap projection this week. Is Can you explain to us what that all means, and is there a time you believe you will get your salary cap projection for 2024? Well, we have to have a salary cap, and we will get it. Uh, it's not uncommon not to, you know, they shoot. That's the goal is to have it for this labor seminar, to have the uh, next year's cap number. Uh, it's still not going to vary, uh, you know, to any great extent, uh, you know, plus or minus uh I wouldn't even say 10%. It's probably less than five. And, uh, you know, it's just negotiating some uh, things with the unions is what this usually boils down to in terms of what's included in the cap, where the credits come from, uh, how much is allocated to the benefits of the players, just a lot of moving parts uh, in terms of negotiating the final uh, numbers with the union. And this is not the first time uh, that we hadn't gotten a salary cap uh, at this annual labor seminar meeting in December. Is is everybody all caught up from, I guess, COVID debt, from lack of a better way of putting it? And do you think the cap will be above 240? You know, that's just, I hate to be a guesser. Uh, you know, I'm not in the details of it. But, yes, for the most part, uh, they've caught up with most of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the credits that uh, the league had coming in terms of, uh, you know, not having the, the cap be some extreme reduction, uh, but all that's uh, coming together. And, uh, you know, I don't think this is any big deal at all in terms of, uh, you know, whether we get the salary cap number uh, this week or whether we get it in a month, uh, you know, we're planning, uh, you know, our cap regardless. And uh, we have our projections as to what we uh, think it might be. And usually, as I said, those, those don't vary a ton uh, in terms of, uh, what the cap actually is. Uh, only time it's ever done that was when we had the extreme case of COVID and, you know, we had to play in empty stadiums and uh, certainly that affected it. But other than that, uh, you're never, uh, oh my, I can't believe the numbers. Right. Either have gotten this much bigger, or this much smaller. It's usually, and you know, the league does such a great job of helping, uh, you know, the owners plan in terms of what they uh, feel like some range of where that cap will be. Appreciate the insight very much, good sir. We'll catch up with you again next week. Heck of a victory. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Great being on. All right. I wanted to go through one thing, if we can, about the tiebreaker. Because people have asked lots of follow-up questions. I'll give you all the information I have as best as I can for the Eagles-Cowboys tiebreaker. If they both went out, the Eagles get the tiebreaker. However, now the question has arisen, what if... The Eagles lose to an NFC team and the Cowboys lose to an AFC team and they both end up 13 and four. It goes like this. Tiebreaker number one for a division, head to head, you'd be tied. Win-loss percentage in the division, tied. Win-loss percentage in common games, tied. Win-loss percentage in within the conference, tied. So you'd get down to the fifth tiebreaker, which is strength of victory. So we're still crunching the numbers on that. And so essentially people are like, what the hell does strength of victory mean? That factors in because the next one is strength of schedule. So just who you played. This factors in who you actually beat. 
I can tell you this. Last week, Philly was ahead of Dallas in strength of victory. However, I have not crunched the numbers all the way down the line because what we talked about, in the next two weeks, Philly plays the Giants twice. Well, the Giants are terrible, whereas the Cowboys play the Lions, the Bills, and they will play the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins, thank you. And the Washington Commanders. Sure, the Commanders will pull that back down. But in terms of the other three, those are pretty healthy strength of victories if you win them. So while I do know that the Cowboys trailed on strength of victory last week, we have not done the calculations yet to determine where they would be in this scenario. I'll get back to you on that. Okay, well, I really appreciate you doing your work here. And if you just talk to... Now, I guess when it comes to strength of schedule, is that decided by the computer or the coach's poll? No, or no, the no, AP no, no. Poll? You know what? Actually, it's really funny that you say that because Mickey is right about how they don't have like quality win up there until you get down <laughs> to fifth and sixth tiebreakers. And then it absolutely does. Here's some great news. If for some reason you get down to tiebreak number seven, Best combined ranking among conference teams in points scored and points allowed in all games. The Cowboys will definitively win tiebreaker number seven. Oh, yeah. I will get back with you about tiebreaker number five and six. All right. So we just got to get past. You know what? Just win out. And hope Philly loses and hope the game. Philly loses and let's and move you're on. Good to go. Yeah. And actually, you're better than anybody thought you would be at this point. At that point. Yeah. Nobody, nobody thought this team was going 14 and three. Agreed. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, Dallas Cowboys thank you notes. Who gets a tip of your cap after a dominating win over the Eagles? 877-881-1053. Then we'll do some Wanker of the Weekend. All of it next right here on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. In the shotgun, fakes the run, heaves it. Oh, he's taking a shot. Deep down the left side for Gallup. Oh, my gosh, Gallup caught it. Gallup caught it down at the Eagle 45. What a ridiculous throw and catch. Are you kidding? 39 yards from his own 12. I agree with everything that Brad Sham said. There is another ridiculous catch where Jake Ferguson just snagged the ball out of midair and, like, I know that's probably where you usually catch it. But it felt like he stole it from the potential grasp of defender and just broke through. It was like, in your face! What is the opposite of midair is a good question there. But I, I will say this. Michael Gallup last night, we I had questions about, like, have you given up sure. on Michael Gallup last week? And then Michael Gallup has two significant plays uh, where he has the touchdown across the middle from the one-yard line. And then that pass, that play, I think they said there was a 17% chance of completion on that play. Yeah, I could see that. And and Michael Gallup, you know, puts his hands out and gets it. It almost looked exactly like they, they've been running that play for their entire lives. Let me ask you this then, to bridge the gap. Was it a 17% chance of completion and then an 83% chance of the Eagles sucking? Uh, that's how they got it to That's 100%. probably so. But if you go back and watch that too, Kevin, go back and watch that play again. And you'll you will notice single high safety and Dak Prescott does what he recognizes safety's too far. He does. I can put the ball right here 
and Michael Gallup uh, should be able to catch it. And I was also talking with Broadus in the break, and we believe that if that specific scenario played out where the Cowboys lost to an AFC team and the Eagles lost to the Seahawks, that perhaps the Cowboys would still lose the tiebreak on strength of victory because of the Chargers win versus the Chiefs win for the Eagles. But does that mean that the what if the Chargers, and this is ridiculous, were able to win, have a better record at the end of the season? Would that matter? Actually, yes. Believe it or not, if Mahomes was like, F all these idiots, I'm, I'm so done with refs. it, and they spiraled, that could have something to do with okay. it. But look. Win the rest of your games to stay in the mix (laughs) or hope that somehow the Eagles lose to the Giants and then you'll be good to go. Is it's time for Dallas Cowboys thank you notes. 877-881-1053 in the truckwreck.com text line. Or if you want to get involved on the Twitch and the YouTube, love to hear from you guys. I think Michael Gallup is a great example of somebody who fits in Dallas Cowboys thank you notes. I also, there's a whole lot of people you could shout out. I wanted to shout out Tony Pollard. We've talked about how he looked faster, but that fourth and two conversion with three minutes to go in the first quarter was huge because it felt like the Cowboys were rocking and rolling on offense. And if they would have had to settle for a field goal, obviously Brandon Aubrey can kick a field goal from 85 yards, it feels like. But if they would have had to settle for a field goal or they would have got stuffed and not gotten any points out of it, I feel like, I don't know if that would have changed the entire game, but it might have changed part of the trajectory of the game. I thought that was a big-time run, big-time conversion right there. I I think in my notes I wrote, I don't know that that's the play that I would have called uh, on, on that conversion specifically yes. because I thought it kind of looked all wild and everything, but it, it worked out. And that was all that really mattered was that it w- that it worked out in the end on that. And But, yeah, man, I thought Tony Pollard – he ran tough. He had a gritty style last night. But then whenever he was able whenever he was able to get through, he was able to extend the play and make and get bigger yardage out of it. And that that's something that has been missing, whether or not it was the blocking up front or just Tony Pollard getting clipped, you know, just yeah. one hand right there on his foot. He just looked like he was in a better form. And I think we have to be just very honest sometimes. Sometimes uh, these players that are humans just have to recover. Uh, and have a real full recovery, and he looks like I know he's been. It's kind of like Nathan Evaldi uh, doing his rehab stint in the professionals uh, in MLB instead yeah. of going to the minor leagues. And Tony Pollard was finishing up his stuff, and it looks cleaner and stronger right now. I will add the combination of him and Dowdle. When Dowdle went down for a spell last night, I was very, I was like, no, 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 no. This can't, this isn't something that can happen. We got to Dowdle's got to be there. That combination of those two running backs. Is exceptional right now. I, I really like. I really like what they're doing. Is I, I oh, can I throw out? Can I throw out a play that I thought was really impressive and ended up not mattering as much? Yeah. Thank you, note to Demarcus Lawrence for con, for completely getting rid of a run option that should have forced a punt. Now I realize the ensuing punt ended up being the fake. They got the first down, so it didn't end up being as impactful. But I thought in that moment, that was a hugely important play. And I thought it was a great play by Demarcus Lawrence to set the tone really early in the game. Yeah, I think that it's going to, he's going to have a relatively, every week, Demarcus Lawrence is going to have a relatively underwhelming performance, like in the stat sheet and all that stuff. But when you watch the game, you're like, oh my gosh, he did that again. Or he was right there. He forced this. 
he's always around things and it's he doesn't I know Kevin for a long time it was but his contract says he should be this yeah and if you look at this team now you're happy you have that dude under whatever contract it is he's a good leader for the for the team but he makes these plays in the run game or in these other moments where you're very happy that you have a Demarcus Lawrence out on the field and that's one of those guys Kevin where we're looking at this by season's end you're looking at like a Tyron, Zach Martin, Dak Prescott, Demarcus Lawrence. That group right there is kind of the group where you're just like, you kind of want them to win it for those guys. I you do. know, with everything that they've gone through. I, I agree with all of that. Stefan Gilmore. Thank you. Deserves so many thank yous. Uh, I'm going to just focus on two right here. Is Stefan Gilmore for making an open field fourth down tackle on Devontae Smith. I realize, and we're going to get to stripping A.J. Brown in just a second, but it's tough to make an open field tackle in general. It is tougher for defensive backs to make open field tackles. And that's something that the Eagles were like, hey, we're going underneath, and we're going to depend on Devontae Smith to get the yardage himself. He had space. It was just him and Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore stopped him. Fourth down, game over. And that was a huge play. And then, obviously, Nick Sirianni said at halftime, and I think he's right. It was 24-6. to 6. The Eagles get the ball. If they go on a drive and score, that could change the game. And I think he's absolutely right about that. But what happened? Stephon Gilmore stripped A.J. Brown. Those are two ginormous plays in the span of the second half that helped define this victory for the Cowboys. Yeah, man. Uh, he, he was all over. Who, whichever receiver he was lined up against throughout the entire night. And a lot of it was the A.J. Brown moments where you're like, this is great. Uh, the A lot of people have been talking about the old man uh, thing was sure. all it really took. And, hey, man, if that's what it is, call, somebody please call Stefan Gilmore out again. I would really appreciate it because I love that version of him. Could and, we float that out? That, like, hey, Stefan, did you hear that so-and-so Oh, Stefan Diggs called you old. Oh, yeah. He told his brother Trayvon that <laughs> you're an tweet, old man. He tweeted it out. Yeah, he tweeted it. He said, uh, I know I'm not on the field on third downs a lot of times. Who knows why? But, hey, you're an old man. You can't cover me. Right. Maybe that could be the case. I think we do could you think do he that. reaches over and taps uh, Trayvon on the shoulder and is like, hey, what do I do? How, how do I get in your brother's head for this game? Oh, yeah. Is it, it, Absolutely, dude, I do. That might be a topic. That's a moral compass topic right now. Is it your teammate duty to, yes. to tell your yes. brother's weaknesses? For sure it is. Because Ooh. we're, are, do you disagree? We're not playing. Is that, is that a topic on itself right there? Or oh, and should we should wait till later on this one? Because probably, probably. You can answer. Go ahead and answer right now. I was just like going to say, if but I would also help out if you were saying, how do we plan the best Christmas gift for Stefan? Uh, yeah. So, see, I would help out with that. But Stefan Diggs ain't on your team, right? Like, you do not need to be attached if he wins a Super Bowl over you. If you're eliminated, by all means, all the support in the world, you need to win this game. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. the Cowboys continue to win, their path through the playoffs could be significantly easier so hell yeah i am very sad that we don't get the digs digs action uh for sure because and i know it's been a long time and i didn't even think about it until this week now 
But I am pretty sad that we don't get that combination out there. I just, I think it would be great and be like, hey, you know, you're lining up and you hit the balls in the air. And he's like, hey, what happened at your third grade birthday? What the and hell? And he's just like, oh, yeah, my gosh. Exactly. slaughter my pig. What happened at sleepaway camp? And so, like, just something to get in it. I don't know. Is something to get an advantage in those instances with a psychological battle. Yeah. I think that's completely fine. But I also think we can pick that back up as the week goes along. Tip of the cap to Aubrey. Tip of the cap to Gilmore. Dak, the offensive line. That's an interesting one I want to get back to. And Parsons. I'm not saying that the offensive line was perfect by any means. But if you judge offensive line from the last Philly game versus offensive line last night, don't you feel like they played significantly better? Not not perfect or anything like that, or even great, but significantly better. Uh, Cowboys offensive yeah. line? Philly game versus Philly game. I'm still having some trouble with Steele. Fair. Steele had a he had a bad stretch. Biotic had had a bad two two moments, right? You where think he got jobbed with that clipping? I penalty? do, and that's why he was he was cussing. I don't know if you could see it. He was saying words. He was saying uh-huh. choice words. Uh, but I, I really did feel like that, that that was a bad a bad moment. It wasn't his brightest moment there. But I thought he was really good throughout the game. I, I guess I really want to give, but I'm, I'm I still need Terrence Steele. He had a couple moments in that game that I was just like, "What's going on, man? Like, is it something that you're not comfortable with? What's what's happening here?" And I am seeing. I wanted to Duke Manyweather kind of had a conversation on Twitter. He said, "Look, they're asking him to do some stuff that he's not used to and stuff that he disagrees with at the at the position." Okay, and it, and it has a lot to do with reaching and using his arm and stuff like that. And I'm gonna kind of check in on more of that stuff. Okay. But I need Steele to be better. Tyron looked really good, too, but he had a moment, too, where this thing that Manyweather was talking about popped up. So I'm kind of curious how that goes. I want to give two, though. I want to give two thank you letters or tip of caps, if we will. One to Dan Quinn for seeing what San Francisco had done to the Eagles and saying, we're going to do something similar to it. We're going to do it our way, but we're going to do something similar to it. And then, as Mike McCarthy had pointed out, first trimester, they had pointed out, not a lot of forced fumbles. So let's start trying to force some fumbles. And here they are in the third trimester, forcing fumbles. So good job, Dan Quinn, coming up with a really good game plan that held the offense touchdownless. Good job, man. Yes. That's, a, that's something you can hang your hat on for sure. And then on the flip side, I would like to thank Mike McCarthy for teaching Dak how to play quarterback at the highest level. Right, and I know. I know some people think that Dak Prescott just walked into the league like this. Dak has a lot of great skills. Uh, there are some things that I think even Dak Prescott can say. I learned that too, and that added to what I can do. I now have a bigger toolbox, and I'm better because of it. But I thought McCarthy called a really good game early on. The way they started that game, I really liked the play calling of Mike McCarthy. I thought it was aggressive, and I was really. I'm really loving the way that this team plays at home, and it has a lot to do with the way he calls plays uh, in Dallas or can, in Arlington. Can we throw Al Harris in the mix too? Dude, for I love me some Al Harris. Yeah, man. I've been trying to get him on the show for years, and the Cowboys are always like, well, "What about this?" And I'm like, "No, I want Al." Uh, but the way he's the way he's coached the secondary is just phenomenal. I really I don't know how much Bland like has gained from him. But all the things that Al Harris is doing just seem to be on point. And I love that McCarthy was like, I know this guy. He knows what I'm trying to accomplish with the the team overall. And so I need to hire him to be in in this role. 
Once again, Brandon Aubrey for being the best at kicking field goals. Now 30 for 30. He's the third rookie in NFL history to make a 60-plus yard field goal. And the first kicker ever to make two field goals of 59 yards or more in the same game. It's incredible that he kicked a 60-yard field goal, then a 59-yard field goal. Obviously, he also kicked two more field goals, but just incredible, incredible, incredible. And then, Corey, you brought this up earlier. Thank you note to the offense in the two-minute drill. There's a minute 48 left in the first half. The Cowboys move 75 yards in eight plays. We'll get more to one specific aspect of that in a second. And then they only leave 20 seconds on the clock. So they operated this just beautifully. And part of that was the double penalty. And thank you to Cooks for still making the catch when there was also a double penalty that got enforced. And I'm telling you this. You even take out the penalty. The way the Cowboys offense was moving the ball, give them 20 seconds. They would have gotten the rest of that yardage anyway. I firmly believe that. Yeah, for sure. And I'm seeing this uh, this this Bengals fan posted this, Kevin, and it's the, the picture of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, and they walk by Josh Allen. And now Taylor Swift is interested in Josh Allen. What do you think? You think no. that she's going to leave Travis Kelsey for Josh Allen now? Man. I feel like how how many work hours would be lost to that breakup? I feel like people are so invested in that thing. It is wild. It is wild because my wife knows more about football this year than she has ever known about football. And it, I know it's for one specific reason. It would be like that office episode where they go to Benny Hanna's, the Christmas episode, and Michael Scott just keeps playing that. Touch my heart, touch my soul. Like that would take over the country. <laughs> For how sad people would be if that was the case. By the way, thank you note to Brian Anger for getting to punt the ball for the first time in 17 days. Okay, somebody did point out, does he not deserve credit for what Aubrey's doing too, though? He's doing the holds. Because he's putting the ball right where it's supposed to be. He's making it comfortable for him. Like, that's his job too. And we know the holder can screw everything up. Like, very quickly. The holder can screw all of it up. That is true. So I'll give credit to Brian Anger for earning his money that way. And also, he's a damn good punter. I know we haven't had to use him a whole lot, but he is excellent. So thank you note goes to Brian Anger as well. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. No break. All content. How about some wanker of the weekend? What's a wanker? Well, kiddo, that is a... uh... That's a man that likes to be alone with his thoughts. Wanker of the weekend, 877-881-1053, the truckwreck.com text line if you want to get involved. And there was one really angry person, I'm assuming. Is no one going to talk about the Patrick Mahomes meltdown? I feel like we've made numerous references to it. Can we talk about it? But if you explain it all. Okay. Go for it. Patrick Mahomes is a big crybaby. Wow. Next topic. Okay. Next topic. This is who would be most devastated by the Travis Kelsey breakup. I'm going to take you to cut number 26. Is Tony Romo the wanker of the weekend for blowing up Travis Kelsey's spot and pushing this relationship forward a lot? Here they come again. There's a flag down at the line of scrimmage as the pass 
is to an open Travis Kelsey. Oh, no, no, stop, 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 I'm sorry. Cut number 30. Cut number 33. Cut number 33. That's my bad. That's my fault. That's my bad, too. Here we go. I apologize. Cut number 33. As you see, Kelsey's wife, Taylor Swift, in the audience, or I'm sorry, the girlfriend. Not yet. What a throw and great feel by Kelsey. Was he giving something away? <laughs> Are they engaged? I don't know. Did Tony Romo find out they're they're married and they eloped and we didn't know this? Man, it'd be like you missed the royal wedding if, it, if people missed Dude. out on a wedding there. I just think he was like maybe skipping ahead a little bit too much and Travis Kelsey is going to be like, hey, thanks a lot. Hey, bro, dude. now I got to go. Do you know how much she makes? Yeah. That means this ring's going to have to be giant. Oh, man. It's a good thing it's two months find of the his heart salary. Of the and not two months of her salary. Yeah. Because it really would. You have to get that old lady off the Titanic and find out where she chucked that diamond to, and you have to go pick it up. Yeah. So thanks a lot, Tony Romo, for blowing up that spot right there. To add to to add to that, yes, man. Kate Arias Tony has screwed the Chiefs on multiple occasions <laughs> late in games. Yeah. And and I don't like saying this that often. I really don't because I, I don't know, but a buddy of mine was like, you can't coach stupid. And, oh, no. And Kadarius Tony has had a lot of – he has all of the physical tools to be a Tyreek Hill kind of guy. Right. A burner, a dude that is – he has dynamic uh, athleticism, but he just – may there's always something with yeah. this guy. And when Bill Parcells you would, would talk about those guys, like you want guys that some things go right for him in those instances – and so when it comes to that play specifically, Patrick Mahomes is in the wrong completely. Uh, if he's saying that my guy wasn't offside, you should have just let that slide. If that's the case and you don't want to follow rules anymore in the NFL, then you shouldn't have been you shouldn't have beat the Bills in that that back to back to back uh overtime game. Yep. Because the rules shouldn't have applied, right, Patrick? You shouldn't have been able to go to the Super Bowl if the rules don't apply to uh, they apply to everybody else but not you. So that's the situation is I understand you're competitive. He has said on the on the show quarterback, look, man, sometimes I get competitive and I just kind of black out. And I don't know what I'm saying. I'm going to think that maybe he's looking at it today going, you know what? He was offsides. That's the rules. I got to deal with it. But I know he was very competitive and he just wanted to win. But he sounded like a petulant child yesterday. I agree. Now, this time, Chris, let's play all of 26 and I'll get it right this time. This was the play in question that I'll admit it looks spectacular, but Kadarius Tony definitely lined up offsides. Here they come again. There's a flag down at the line of scrimmage as the pass is to an open Travis Kelsey who flings it back over to Tony. My goodness, this is going for a touchdown. No, it's not, Jim. But it was it, an awesome play. It was. It was, an it was awesome a cool play. play. Hey, look, and I just want to let this person know from the 817, I'm with you. Even if they do get married, who gives an S? I agree. I will tell you lots and lots of people. I am not one of those people, but I will tell you lots and lots of people care. So, yeah, there was a little bit of a meltdown. But you know what? Miles Garrett is in the same group with Patrick Mahomes and quite frankly, a lot of other players. He said yesterday, keep in mind the Browns won and miles Garrett said, quote, the officiating was a travesty today. Horrible. They need to be under the same microscope. We are every single play. He 
He called it a travesty in a game that they won. That's are, how serious these issues are. Are they not under the same microscope? Like their their jobs are on the line, but I know they have a union. Are they not under? Do they not get the same scrutiny? I mean, we talked. You we have Stephen on. Yeah, that's true. You've asked him. We we asked Jerry even about this about the the feelings on that, and I think Jerry's like, look, man, he he's given a a, a pretty decent answer on this, but I don't I don't know how to make it better. These guys are doing they're doing their job. And what what makes it better? They get fired for every play, every call they get wrong. I not fired, but there should. I feel like merit based promotions and pay raises should be more instituted. And by the way, I'm not saying this is just for the NFL. Remember, we talked about the World Series, and it was game. I want to say game two of the World Series. They were like, "This was the number one rated crew all season." I was like, "Well, that makes a whole lot of sense to me. You get to do the World Series because y'all are the best." But then the day before, it was like the 78th rated crew. And then the day after, it was like the 34th rated crew. And that makes no sense to me. I don't care how long you've been an official. If you're not good at being an official, you should never be rewarded. Like, there is no way they should name the officiating crew for the Super Bowl before you have finished the championship games. And be like, oh, he's a heck of a guy. He's been here for 12 years. Their crew is consistently middle of the pack. No! Why would those people get to get to ref this game? It doesn't make any sense to me either, Kevin. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure that we were on the same page with that. All right. Now, we have some other wanker of the weekend. Do you want to stay with the Chiefs game? Because did you see... Was there another one? Another Cl- moment? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had to leave the game because his pants got almost ripped off. Oh, no. Yeah, go check this out if you can. Is It wasn't that his pants almost got pulled down. You've seen that every now and again. Like, the front part of the leg of his pants got ripped almost in half, and he had to briefly leave the game. And people were having fun with it and saying Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was questionable to return to the game due to pants. Oh, yeah. and Due to pants. Like, you, it looks like he was Hulk Hogan, and he was happen? trying to Hulk up and rip his pants off right there. It was amazing. That doesn't. This doesn't make any sense to me. I, I'll honestly say... I don't know if I've ever seen. Me neither. I don't think I've ever seen a player's pants get ripped before in the NFL. I could be wrong. Like that, I've seen. It feels like Jonathan Hankins. Uh, every single week, at some sure. point, you're going to see a lot of his stomach. Yeah. Because his his jersey kind of rides up on him sometimes. We see some butt crack. You know, like we'll see some butt sure. crack here and there. It happens. Look, man. Sometimes I show some butt crack, according to Mike um, mm-hmm. and Kevin. Mm-hmm. The that being said. I've never seen anybody's pants rip down the front for sure. So I have no clue how that even happened. It was amazing. But I guess wanker of the weekend for that is the pant maker. Well, that's a good point. Although one could counter if this is the if they've had the same pant maker forever and this is the first time a pant has ever ripped. And maybe they're doing really well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. From the two one four, y'all know this is all rigged, right? I wish I could agree with you, but if it were, the Cowboys would always be in the NFC Championship game in the Super Bowl. This is simple economics. Is you want more viewers so you can charge more for advertising. I guarantee you if the Cowboys make it to the NFC Championship game, it will be the highest rated NFC Championship game in forever. Same with the Super Bowl. Remember, a couple years ago, the Cowboys wild card game outdrew multiple divisional round games. 
That, that's it, just what that's what happens. If it when was you're the rigged, yeah. the NFL would make this favor the Cowboys more often. I completely disagree with you though on that. Because the the one that would kind of pop the bottle, once the bottle's popped, can't can't get the carbonation See, back in there. For some reason so, I I get what you're saying. They I, they they're gonna hold on to that bottle. They're gonna age it. They're gonna keep it back, it's in, the aged. back in the fridge as pop long as they the can. Bottle. Thirty years or so, you know? And then the, and then then they'll pop that thing open because they don't want they don't want everybody to be like, you know what, we finally got what we want. Okay, well we're Tim Tebow. We're AC Green. It's time to open that bottle up. We've been aged long enough. Let's make it happen. I don't understand the Yes, Tebow. you do. AC yes, Green. you do All right, let understand me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Reference. How many people do you think know who AC Green is out there on the fan text? 877-881-1053. That is a good question. That is a good question. For me, 214, didn't the Cowboys have a penalty earlier in this year where the wide receiver checked with the official, was given a thumbs up, and then the same official threw a flag? That was last year. It was Jalen Tolbert, right? And that is the Cowboys version of the story. Now, keep in mind, the ref's like, no. But see, when did you hear the ref talking about it? Nowhere. You read about it in the pool report that you got from the reporters afterwards. You didn't see anybody up there grilling him, asking like 15 of the questions, the exact same question, but just in fancily different ways. But it's the same question. Uh, from the 214, game is rigged. Mahomes winning at State Farm Stadium last year. Oh. Oh, so the bigger okay. the the bigger the client, we need some big old clients. The Cowboys have all the big clients. Yes, we've taken every player and made them a huge advertising draw. Okay, I know that y'all know who AC Green is now. <laughs> they're they, saying they, the yeah. former Laker, but do you know what that reference was? Do yeah, you know what Kevin's this person does about? from the eight five zero. AC Green is the real Iron Man <laughs> of the NBA. See, they they understand. They understand is. Do you throw the Spurs in for Wanker of the Weekend? They play the Rockets tonight. They have now lost a franchise tying 16 straight games. And that includes a game with where, Wimby? Yeah. Wemby in one of those games had 23 points and 20 rebounds, and they lost. So lest you think that Wemby is a bust, he's been playing very well. Their team sucks. From the 214. Not a chance I have heard of him. So I appreciate Fair. that person that's like, look, man, I don't want to even act like I know who AC, AC Green is. AC Green used to play for the Lakers. And? And he was famous for other not basketball purposes that showed the steadfast resolve of AC Green. He didn't lose his virginity until like 45. Oh is that what you're dude, saying? What are you doing right now? Is that, that, that's the reality. I just want to point out, like, you're saying all these steadfast things. I just. <laughs> to the point here. That's fair. Like, and you're right about that. He made sure that he didn't let things get in the way of his performance on the court. True. I don't understand why the Minnesota Vikings haven't fired Wes, Wes Phillips this morning. He is their offensive coordinator. He was arrested Friday night for having a DWI. Still got to travel with the team. And then remember they played in the game that offense forgot mm -hmm. where they were victorious three to nothing. That's a tough game for you to have an off day after your DWI. Like, you need to be scoring 35-plus in that game. Sounds like it's just a tough week for him, Kevin. He got caught. Yep. 
I swear it's the first time. First time ever. Bull. He'll never do it again. We're the can't bull. We're the KNC masterpiece. I hope that's true. You know what? Actually, I, I, I rescind that last statement, Thank Corey. You. It might not be bull. Sometimes incidents like that cause people to reevaluate, and I hope you're right. Thank you, man. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for the C Block starring Corey Majors. Did you hear about Jordan Lewis and his conversation? Oh, We'll discuss that a little next in The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.